0: I've learned that leaping is a lifestyle. It's not a one and done thing. It is a consistent just lifestyle that we are living as we are leaning against um, having our hearts to the our ears to the heart of God and saying, okay, what is it that I'm doing next?
1: This episode of this Mom knows is sponsored by the podcast VA Association. You may know that being a virtual assistant is a great way to be a mompreneur, but did you know that when it comes to supporting podcasts, very few VAs have the skills they need? The Podcast VA Association has the training you need to be certified and the tools to help you find podcasters who are hiring. Learn more at podcastvaassociation.com. Welcome to This Mom Knows. I'm your host, Jen Yuren. One of the biggest pitfalls we face as moms is wondering if we're living to our potential. Today's guest, Rachel G. Scott, is here to encourage us to take those moments of wondering and use them to explore how we can be moms who live up to our calling and our purpose. I adore Rachel, and I know you will as well as you listen to our conversation together today. Rachel G. Scott is one of those women who make it look so easy. With a smile on her face and joy in her heart, Rachel's a mother, wife, author, speaker, podcaster, coach, and entrepreneur extraordinaire. In all those things, her deepest desire is to encourage women to live boldly in their calling. I know you'll love Rachel as much as I do. So welcome,
0: Rachel. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. I'm so excited to be here with you.
1: Yes, me too. Now, Rachel G. Scott, I recently (laughs) discovered what the G stands for. Do you want to tell us what it is? And I'm wondering if there's any
0: story behind it. You know, that's so funny. I get that question all the time. And it's literally just my middle name. But because there is a Rachel Scott that's out there already, she was actually a part of the Columbine shooting. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to make sure that, you know, I just continue to honor her legacy. So I added the G just to differentiate. And it's just a part of what I do, which is branding. So I was like, let me just. Add the G for my middle name. So my middle name is Janelle and I just use that. (laughs) I love it. I love it. My middle name
1: is a blend of two women's names that my mom knew. And so I've never seen Janelle with a G. So that that was interesting for me.
0: I don't know any other Janelle with a G. Every Janelle I know, which is about four or five of them, has a J. So I I guess my mom wanted to be unique or something. Yes. (laughs) Well,
1: she did it. She succeeded. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you do something that I'm a little jealous of. Um, Tell us about your sleep-in Saturdays.
0: Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you. So sleep-in Saturdays are like my favorite day of the week because – my kids already know, I wake up in the morning whenever I want to. I give me a bowl of cereal. Sugary cereal is my <laughs> preference, okay? <laughs> and I just lay in the bed all morning until probably maybe one or two o'clock. Sometimes I'll start reading the Bible and just studying. Other times I'll watch a TV show. Um, whatever I come up with is my morning. Whatever I want to do with it, it belongs to me. So that's me <laughs> that's for Saturday. I have a I song and everything that. for it. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would try it, but I'm afraid of what I would walk out into in the rest
0: of the house. <laughs> right. You never know, but you don't even worry about it. You're like in your own little um, oasis at the moment. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> That's fabulous. Well, today we're going to
1: talk about what you know, which is taking leaps. Mm-hmm. Now, I love a good connection story, and you and I have one of those um, we met just a few months ago at an in-person conference, and that was a great connection. But God knew it needed to be a deeper connection. And we ended up at the same airport, in the same security line, heading for the same flight where we got to sit next to each other. Yeah. And uh, that was honestly the highlight of that trip for me, too. me. Oh, it was fabulous. But as we talked during those hours, which was a gift, um, you shared some of your story with me, and you weren't always in such a joyful place. Yeah. So what was it that first got you to think about um calling in your life and the place that it had?
0: Yeah, you know, that I think that's a loaded, that's a loaded question in itself <laughs> because <laughs> um, you know, for a really long time I was just going through different things. And one thing in particular was a season where I walked through like a custody battle. Mm-hmm. And um that pulled so much, so much out of me during that time. And um I feel like what evolved from that, though, was my ability to really see the significance of life and um, what it is that God has called us to do. Mm-hmm. And so I've always kind of been this person who would go and do whatever I felt like God called me to do. Like, OK, if he told me to move here, take this, do that. I'm like, OK, I'm doing it. I'm I'm walking in obedience. But something about that season just it, it became very important for me to not just listen to God, but understand how to encourage other people to do the same. Mm. So um, my husband and I, we had a ministry for a little bit called Better Than Blended. And that a lot of what I walked through in that difficult season of not just, just blending, because that can be challenging, but definitely with the custody battle, um, I talked about it and in, in encouraged people during that time. But then a season came where I no longer... Um, needed to lean into that so much. Mm-hmm. And I really felt like God called me into encouraging people to walk in their purpose and in their assignment with focus. So that came out of Nehemiah. And um, when, that, when that came about, it really became clear to me that my calling was to just encourage people to walk in their purpose, walk in their assignment, stay focused, whatever it took. But I also realized that people weren't moving. Like you can get Mm. all the encouragement in the world, (laughs) but if you don't actually do it, then there's a disconnect. So then I began to navigate, what is that disconnect? And I just felt like you said, they're afraid to take leaps. So that's kind of where it all came about.
1: Got it. Okay. Yeah. Cause you just told us in two minutes, a lifetime of stuff. And (laughs) I know it didn't change that fast. It wasn't overnight. So what was sort of, as God started you down this process, sort of what, what were those steps in discovering, in leaning in, in, in even, I guess, maybe the better question is in being um, receptive and open to hearing what His calling is and making those
0: changes? Uh, that's such a good question, Jen. Um, I feel like one of the first things I had to do was realize, not even my lack of obedience, but where I was just comfortable. There's Mm. this place where we're like, okay, I'm comfortable here. I'm I'm comfortable with this, going this way, doing things this way. And as I began to become more aware of like my place of comfort, I also became aware of where he was calling me to and how uncomfortable it was for me to go there. Mm. And then I just started leaning into the word and, and realizing like most things that God calls people to do are outside of their comfort zone. And I really have to, become comfortable being uncomfortable. That's what I will always tell myself. Just Rachel, get comfortable being uncomfortable because you're going to have to do things that are completely outside of your comfort zone, but completely in the will of God. So it was just that realization um, that number one, I had to become comfortable being uncomfortable. And then Mm -hmm. the second thing I would say for me was um, the lies that I believed about myself, that I would tell myself that were um, holding me back from just everything that God, could call, that God called me to do. I mean, I had made some just these internal beliefs or internal vows within myself that I was never going to do this or that I was going to do that. And each of those things really were hindering me from doing what I was supposed to be doing. So recognizing what those were was important.
1: Yeah. Well, I love that you bring up uncomfortable. I have a friend who, who has declared that uncomfortable is her word for this year. And, um, that's brave. <laughs> that's like praying for <laughs> patience, you know? Um, but it keeps popping up. I've been reading, um, Francis Chan's, uh, forgotten God, and he talks about, we need to be willing to be uncomfortable. And so it keeps coming around. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe that's supposed to be my word too, but, <laughs> but you, you identify that it's not, it's not a 12 month thing. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It's learning, like you said to be comfortable in the uncomfortable and i think um i think that's the hardest part right because yes. we like we like our four walls and our saturday sleep ins right. and you know the
0: comfortable things right right yeah and and you said it right there it's a lifestyle like yeah. Not necessarily what I want my life to look like, but really it's a surrender. It's a it's a surrender life. I tell people all the time, like, I surrendered my dreams to God a long time ago mm-hmm. because um, I realized that the things that I wanted to do, let me tell you exactly, exactly what happened. Everything that I wanted to accomplish and I wanted to do happened. Mm-hmm. And I got to this point where I literally was like, am I about to die? Like that was my fear. I'm like, <laughs> everything I thought I wanted to do, check, 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 what is check, is done. What is ha- what is about to happen to me? Right. And I realized that at that moment, I mm-hmm. was like, now can I do more abundantly mm-hmm. than you could ever think or imagine? And I'm like, okay, yeah. So it just showed me how small in comparison to the big thing that God wanted to do, um, yeah. how small my plans and my vision actually was.
1: Yeah. Well, sometimes well, I think we get hung up sometimes on figuring out cuz calling sort of ties into what's God's will and we're always looking for this very clear specific thing and you know, sometimes I think it is obvious and sometimes it's obvious to those around us and we're clueless, but sometimes um it's just it feels very elusive. So, how does one begin to open themselves up and pray for and um, begin to uncover what is this personal calling in their
0: life? I love that question. So first, let me define a few things. Okay. Um, an assignment. Well, let me go to purpose first because everyone yes. wants to know first, what is my purpose? And I believe that we all have the same purpose, which is to bring people into the kingdom of God, and into the knowledge mm-hmm. of who God is. So we are all, as followers of Christ, working toward the same thing. Mm-hmm. However, our assignment is unique. It is different. How I'm going to do it is different to than how you're going to do it, Jen, than how the listener is going to do it. We all are given different assignments and different roles to help fulfill the bigger purpose. But a calling is that moment where you begin to feel like there's something more that you're supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. that there's something more that's supposed to be extracted out of you in this life. And it's when you begin to become clear about how your assignment will be fulfilled. And so I think when people really are trying to figure out like they, they've already usually heard the calling. That's why they're, they're like, what do I do now? Because they mm-hmm. already are realizing, okay, I'm going this way or or am I supposed to go this way? I feel like I, I want to, I, I feel like I want to adopt, or I feel like I want to support, yeah. you know, widows, or I feel like I I want to go and, and help in the shelter. Why do I have this feeling? That's the call. That feeling is the calling. The assignment is how you're actually going to fulfill and walk out that um that calling. So um, I don't know if that answered the question, but ask me the question one more time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, how does one begin to uncover this calling? But I think you kind of said it by when we live in our purpose and the assignment that we've been given, then that's when we can begin to feel the stirrings of there is something more. And so
0: um,
1: it sounds like it's, it's not formulaic for sure, Mm -hmm. but it's, um, it's not quite as, you know, if you just, pray for it and are open to it, then God is going to reveal it in some way. Um, And it could be with great clarity, I would imagine. And it might just be with those little nudges.
0: That's it right there. Like sometimes he'll give you, um, he'll be the lamp unto your feet. And other times he's a light unto your path, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes he just gives us the next step, whatever the next step is, uh, because he doesn't want to overwhelm us with anything. And other times he'll give us a longer, the longer vision or the longer view of what he wants to do.
1: Yeah. So do callings change? I mean, we know our purpose doesn't change, but do callings change or are they just sort of lived out differently in different seasons?
0: Oh, that's good. I think both. I think that they do change, but... um Absolutely. I, I do believe that call has changed because what I did in one season, before I was like music and everything had to do with music and singing and being around music community. and now everything is like writing and speaking because that's more of what I do in podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am still delivering the word of god i'm still i'm still encouraging people i I always say that i'm called to the bride and the broken so i'm Mm -hmm. still doing all of those things so i would i would essentially say that maybe the calling doesn't always change but the assignment does so the way you're going to fulfill it um like is what seems to change but the call to do something um Mm -hmm. it doesn't always change some people have the same calling for their entire life, other people will get multiple ones. Uh, I love to say that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So He's not going to give the few laborers one thing to do. So we're all, <laughs> all going to be doing a lot of things. Okay, so when we feel overwhelmed, it's because we need some more laborers out here with us. Yes, but I, I do think that there's you may there are people who they are called to do this for the in, their entire life, but then there's mm-hmm. other people who they almost whatever they're doing is a pit stop. It's mm-hmm. not intended to be the full thing and they have to begin to lean and as they're getting uncomfortable and they're like, "Oh, it's something more or oh, I'm not enjoying this as much or that begins to happen, that's kind of a sign that it's time for you to lean into something else yeah. or a new assignment and to listen.
1: Okay, so it's it goes back to how we're uniquely created. <laughs>
0: that's absolutely, absolutely. Yes.
1: Well, one of the things that I do love about you is that you live this message that you share. And like we've kind of alluded to, it's not a straight line, step-by-step process. So how do you keep a pulse um, on how you're leaning into your calling as a daily ba- on a daily basis? So you kind of go, today I am in light of this bigger thing yeah. I know I'm part of.
0: You know, um, to be honest, I feel like the first thing that I try to do is, Ask God what he wants me to do. It is so easy for Rachel to do what Rachel wants to do. But I have become very self-aware. And what I mean by that is I've become um, aware of what it feels like for me to be out of the will of God and mm. also what it feels like for me to be overwhelmed because I'm out of the, out of his will. So because of that, I tend to ask God, like, what is it that you want me to do today? You know, or mm-hmm. um, what does my day look like? for tomorrow because I can go and become the energizer bunny and just like keep going and going and going and doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. And then I look up and nothing that really needed to be accomplished was accomplished and I don't get the outcome that I essentially want to see or that I feel like essentially should be done. So it is the fact of me being very self-aware, but also um me inviting God into this. Like He is the ultimate CEO. Um, mm-hmm. And whatever instructions he gives me is what I want to follow, even when it's super uncomfortable, when it's super outside of my (laughs) my box. I like I I can stay in a little box real easily. And he's like, "Nope, let's go outside of the little box. So (laughs) uh, I feel like it's just it's a mixture of all of that. But just being aware that Mm -hmm. not my will, but yours be done. And I'm not saying this to sound really like super spiritual. I don't want to sound that way. but Mm -hmm. I literally have to live day to day based off of what he tells me, because when I don't. I feel it as a mom. I feel yeah. it as a wife. Yeah. I feel it as a person. Like I can tell when I'm doing what I want to do. And mm-hmm. I've done it long enough to recognize the importance of not doing that.
1: <laughs> right, right. And that's not to say that you don't have, you know, a plans and a to-do list and you're like, right. this is what I believe needs to happen. Because some things we just know, like I got to do the laundry. yeah, And I yeah. know what's going to happen this week. I think it's Monday. It might be yeah. Tuesday. So I think it's it's what I hear you saying is, you move forward with flexibility
0: because mm-hmm. you might have to make a change. Right. And like the even the for me, the everyday things, I'm gonna be honest, the everyday things, I can tend to be um really loose with my responsibilities sometimes mm-hmm. like, okay, well the laundry can just sit there and because I'll get overwhelmed with all the other things. Yeah. So I have to even ask for a strategy with that. Like I, mm-hmm. I have to ask for self-discipline. Like I need more of that so that I'm not on social media instead of like folding laundry <laughs> or, you <laughs> right? know, and, and me and myself, I've realized over time that I can't do it on my own because my, mm-hmm just my natural tendency is just to these things that draw me away. Um, And and I say, just being transparent, it goes back to probably my childhood where I, I I was, I have siblings, but I kind of grew up as an only child. So I'm used to going into my bubble, being, Mm -hmm. being to myself. And so even as, as a parent, when it's like too much going on, I like go off into a bubble, a mental bubble. And I have to, Check myself and catch myself. Like, okay, no, 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 no. This is not the time. You still have parenting responsibilities to do. But when it when it becomes too frequent, I have to take inventory. Like, why are you going off so much? What is Mm -hmm. what's happening? Why are you so overwhelmed? What what is taking up your time that's just overwhelming you so much that you feel like the best use of your time is to scroll? Like, I I have to begin to do that.
1: Well, knowing your calling is one side of the coin, but living out that calling is really the other. So let's talk about now what it takes to take that leap into living out that calling. Um, I know you have a few that you, you've you named and there's more, but um, you want to tell us More about that?
0: Yeah. So uh, one thing that I have learned is that it's easy for us to believe that, okay, in order for me to do what God wants me to do, I got to walk away from every single thing and just like give it all up. And that's not the case. (laughs) So um, I realized that there are multiple ways that we can take leaps of faith. And it doesn't always have to be walking away from every single thing. That is one way. Then there are times where, you know, we may have to temporarily leave a, a job to take care of a loved one or to take care to start a business, but we go back to the job afterwards. Or we may be working simultaneously while we're building a business or a ministry at the same time. Um, or, you know, we may be having to, to leave and, and move to a new location and trying to, to figure out what does that actually look like. So I've learned that leaping is a lifestyle. It's not a one and done thing. It is a consistent just lifestyle that we are living as we are leaning against um, having our hearts to the our ears to the heart of God and saying, okay, what is it that I'm doing next? So it's a constant assessing of okay, I've done this, obedience here, then to the next thing. So leaping mm-hmm. is literally a lifestyle. And when we look at it that way, we don't get so Uh, What's the word? Overwhelmed. Yeah. You don't get so frazzled (laughs) by the idea of leaping.
1: Yeah. It's funny because the way I'm wired, I sometimes find it much easier to make those big leaps and those big decisions and those big changes than I do the little things.
0: (laughs) So, (laughs) seriously, it's like, go ahead, do the big thing. But the little ones is like, oh, but you know, we overthink it. I, I, I don't think you're the only one. Cause I'm the same way. The little ones yeah. <laughs> just take a, a lot more work. <laughs> right.
1: And I wonder if it's because, um, it's more obvious. The big ones are more mm-hmm. obvious to ourselves and to people around us, but the little ones are a little more personal and private in the sense that, you know, it's like watching your child grow up when you see them every day, but then watching your, your, you know, sister's child right. who you see twice a year, you're like, whoa, these are big changes. Um, I wonder if that plays into it. That's just.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I and I also feel like it has something to do with just um, things that we, they, the small ones tend to become more of habits. Like yeah. they become more of a, a part of our everyday life as opposed to like the bigger ones are, okay, once you do it, it's over with. The yeah. smaller leaps are usually connected to something that we do, really frequently. And it's harder to say, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to leap into something that looks different, even though it's something I'm still accustomed to.
1: Yes. Yes. That makes sense. So in this conversation of these leaps, um, how is it, what is it that kind of prompts someone that this is coming, that they need to, to do this? Is it, is it usually like, um, this flash of realization? Is it more of a logical conclusion because you've been following God's calling? Is there a pattern or is it just sort of, you know, if you know, you know?
0: I feel all of the above. Okay. Also, (laughs) everything you said, but it's also goes back to that self-awareness. When you start Mm -hmm. to feel this stirring, that's the best way I can. You you feel a stirring, like what is does not feel like it is what should continue to be. Mm -hmm. Um, There is this, this stirring that goes on within us and we know, or an opportunity comes up. And some people will look at the opportunity and not give it a second thought, but you gave it two, three, four thoughts. Yeah, That's usually a sign that there is, you know, a leaping on the horizon. It may not be that, but it even got your wheels turning. Like, hmm, I never thought about possibly even moving. And now all of a sudden they're talking about this and I don't want to necessarily go there, but why all of a sudden did I, I feel like, that is something I should even begin to think about. And, you know, so it's it's that awareness, but it's also realizing everybody didn't respond to whatever that leap opportunity was, the way that you may have internally responded. So yeah. why am I feeling this way about that opportunity? Why is it okay. even mattering?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I guess this is where, and I'm terrible at this, but journaling can be really helpful because you can kind of go back and look you know, hey, I've been thinking this for three months and I didn't realize that, you know, you see those patterns, but.
0: Yes. I love journaling. I never look back at my journal. Interesting. And (laughs) I I hate my handwriting.
1: So I don't journal because I can't read them. (laughs) I can write them, but no one
0: knows what they say. (laughs) Maybe that's why I never look back at them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, as I mentioned, um, In the intro, you're a bit of a Renaissance woman. You have a lot of irons in the fire. So tell us more about the different ways that you encourage women in finding and living out their calling.
0: Yeah. I um, So of course I have a a website, but the big thing in that is definitely just encouraging them to walk in the purpose and assignment focus and to take these bold leaps. So I do blogs, I do devotionals, I do speaking, I have a podcast. Um, And interestingly enough, the podcast is a mix of both men and women. So um, I I love that because you just, you know, getting the perspective of both. So um, I do all of those things I'm actually working on a book, so multiple different ways to just continue to pour out and encourage.
1: Yeah, and you have reading plans in the YouVersion Bible app too, right? Yes
0: yes. so I have yeah. several. I've been writing for youB since, since about 2016. Um, so I have quite a few uh, in the u version Bible app if you were to just type in Rachel Scott or Rachel G. Scott.
1: Yeah, I love that. I think I think that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So well, I am all about systems and processes. And so I have to ask you, how do you manage all these things? What are the strategies and support that you have um to have all these irons in the fire? and not drop something?
0: <laughs> Ooh, this is a, a good question. I would have to say the first thing is definitely, um, I have a really supportive husband, so that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a lot when it comes to the background for me. But then when it's things that I have to do myself, especially when it comes to like my business, um, I love convert kit. so I'll use that and I use Later. When it comes to like just the household, I'm developing systems. (laughs) But what I have found to be helpful helpful for me is one little tweak, say, for example, um, the kitchen. So I clean the kitchen like 50 times a day. But what I have found is helpful for me is like if I um, wake up in the morning and the dishes are already unloaded, then making sure that throughout the day I'm loading the dishes back up. So just Mm -hmm. that one little tweak in my system. Has helped. The last thing is I have an iRobot. And that iRobot <laughs> is my friend. And it helps a this. lot. So <laughs> have you named your robot? Oh, the kids have named it. I don't remember okay. what they named it, but <laughs> it definitely has a name.
1: <laughs> my daughter has one. It's named Robert. And we just found a um a hedgehog costume that goes over him. So now she has Robert the Hedgehog going around her apartment.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
1: It's her pet, right? <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> uh, well, your family sees you modeling all this as you live it out. But do you intentionally, um, strategically work to instill the same sort of um, sensitivity to God's calling in the lives of your children? Or do you just sort of go, I'm going to live it, and they're going to see it, and I'm going to pray for them?
0: Both. Okay. Um I do strategically uh, just pay attention to the giftings of each of my children and kind of lean into that, whatever that might look like, whether you know, my one daughter, she sings, getting her into lessons and my other daughter, she's into baking. So buying her things to help her do more of that. Um, so I do that, but also when it comes to just them drawing closer to God, I've learned that I try to model it because they're picking up a lot more from me showing them, them waking up and seeing me in my word, them seeing me journaling, um, they're picking up a lot more from that. And then they'll come and ask me questions as they get older. Of course, they want, they, right now, they want, (laughs) they ask me questions. And as they're trying to grow in their walk and being able to answer those questions, as opposed to kind of just pushing that down their, their throat. Mm -hmm. Um, So they see me living it out. You know, they they my kids love to Google me for whatever reason, and so <laughs> they Google me all the time. So I guess that's helpful because then they they realize I do actually have a real job and things that I do. Even you know, so they do that. So I'm, yeah, they're <laughs> like, and then they see they see me here all day, so they're like, "You're really not doing anything." I'm like, yes, I am. I promise. <laughs> You're
1: like, I am a gaming extraordinaire. You caught Listen,
0: me. <laughs> you caught me. You caught me. <laughs> So I think it's a balance of both for me. Like when it comes to their, like my my son, he just started a um, Christian clothing line called YCLG. And um, like, so me teaching him, like, listen, this isn't just going to show up on people's feet. You're going to have to market it. You're going to have to do things like that. But he comes mm-hmm. to me because he sees some of the things that I'm doing. So there's the, the hands-on and then there is the, the modeling. I think both of them play a role. Yeah.
1: Excellent. Well, when you look forward to 2023, what do you see on the horizon that's really exciting you?
0: Oh, uh, what do I see? I'm doing more traveling, which is generally exciting to me. Um, it, traveling is so different. <laughs> now. So but I, I typically love traveling and I love being in the airport because I can just um, write and just kind of get a, a nice little break. But other than that, I'm super excited about this, this book that I'm working on and it's, going, it's all about the leaps and it's diving deeper um, into the leaps. It doesn't come out until March of 2024, but as I'm writing it, I'm having such a good time just understanding uh, how this has really impacted our lives and um, helping people to just have a broader view and understanding of what it looks like to leap. So I'm excited yeah. about that.
1: That's great. Well, this has been a great conversation. And as we wrap up, one thing I ask every guest, um, it's a little more lighthearted, but what's your favorite time-saving gadget, system, or tool?
0: I would say the robot.
1: Okay, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That saves me so much time and frustration of telling kids, vacuum, vacuum, vacuums. (laughs) Yes,
1: yes. I'm afraid that I would trip over it constantly
0: (laughs) if we had one (laughs) You hear it. It makes a noise. So you know it's somewhere around. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Now, I know that you have um, a, a freebie for our audience. Do you want to tell us about that and maybe um, how people can connect with you further?
0: Yes. So um, you can connect with me by going to rachelgscott.com. Um, and the freebie is going to be five uh, days of decorations of your children's, uh, your children. I have found that declarations over my children have just been um, another way outside of just a modeling that I have been able to really speak into their future, and into who they are called to be. And I've seen so much from just speaking those declarations over them as they grow closer to God and become more aware of who God is calling them to be. So I'm a huge advocate for speaking those declarations. So that is what the freebie is all about, speaking those I declarations like of your children. Fabulous.
1: Well, Rachel, thanks so much for joining us and
0: being here today. Thank you so much for having me.
1: So what leap do you need to take? If you haven't already heard the story of one of my big leaps with our surprise adoption and would like to, or you simply wish to find links to all the resources mentioned in this episode, you can find those at this slash podcast.